720 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for Justin Coffin. We're with you until 9 o'clock, and then we're going to turn things over to our good friend Jen Bosworth. So lots to do, lots of fun stuff ahead. You want to stick around for her for sure, but also for us. I mean, uh, you're here, you're listening, you know. Um, Hello, how's it going? How's everybody? How are you, Rex Hupke? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. How is your pond? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. I'm delighted that you asked about my pond. If you follow Rex Hupke on Twitter and you follow his columns at ChicagoTribune.com, then you will know that he has recently installed a pond and discovered that there is an entire subculture around ponding. Yes, I did a little... I thought you were totally full of it, and then no. I Googled that. I was like, oh, my God, you're not making that up. No. People are really down with ponds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I started to, when I first started to look into it, I just, you know, it's a little pond. This isn't a lake. I've been <laughs> like, how big a pond are Some, we talking? It's about... It's 50, Size of a kiddie pool? It's, it's 50 gallons. It's like if you were to... I don't... I can't think okay, of gallons. Okay, ba- like a small bathtub, if you sank oh, a right. small bathtub. And it's slightly above ground, because we have a dog, and the dog would have belly flopped in it if I put it, you know, sure. level with the ground. So. Sure. So uh, I've joined the club. What, yeah. you have a pond, too? Remember when I had my garden? I don't yeah. know if you remember the pictures. Of I, course. I, I post them every so often because it's now a cement pond. Um, but I built my own waterfall and pond. Oh, my God. And I actually wow. had some fish See? in it. Uh, built it from scratch. I took a corner of the backyard, which was about two and a half feet wide by about ten feet long, and uh, built it up, uh, put a barrier around it, wooden barrier, and had a nice waterfall down into the pond with a little fountain Flowing out and plants all around it. Yeah. Ponders are everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Just, you well, don't know they're out there until you until start you to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. So I Googled this after you talked about ponding. <laughs> and sure enough, there, there's a lot of this kind of um, narrative attached to ponding like, oh, you, you may have built a 50-gallon pond, but you're going to wish it was a 100-gallon pond. Darn like people true. get yeah. <laughs> like kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of the way people talk about tattoos. Yeah. Like, oh, you might start with, like, a little Calvin and Hobbes, you know, peeing on some symbol you don't like. But, in fact, you're going to end up with a whole back piece. Oh, that's true. It's a good point. It's the same way. Ponding is sort of like uh, the tattoos of your yard, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Banish, I'm delighted to know that you are a ponder, too. Yes. We are legion. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, uh, originally, it was nothing but a pile of dirt in the back. Like it, it, Seriously, it, there was the sidewalk and then that. Um, and uh, I needed a hobby. Sure. Um, and uh, at least I was told. Um, Get a hobby banished. <laughs> by many. <laughs> by way too many. Well, wait, now, that's a valid question, though. Like, Hupke, what led you to create a pond? You just thought, like, that's what will make the backyard pop or what? Uh yeah, that was. I mean, part of it was that there was a space and it kind of needed filling. Sure. And yeah, I saw it, and it just popped into my head. <laughs> and then also, you know, I'm felt like digging. Felt like digging me a hole. <laughs> to dig me a hole. And then you do you like line it? You can. Yeah. The, the one I have is actually a like a uh, an actual um, plastic um, formed thing that I sunk partially into the ground. But I think what you're talking about is is probably something you dug and then put a liner in. Exactly. I yeah. know about Whoa. I know about the difference. Guys, we're getting really deep on ponding. My, my deep the fountain, the, the um, waterfall, because I always wanted. A How do you make a waterfall? Do you have to get like a little pump and a yeah. plumbing yeah. situation? Yeah, you, there's several Ooh, different types I am of out pumps. Of my right now. And it was so small that I didn't need a, a very strong pump, even though I had a, a take. The pump was situated within 
the pond part so you so gotta submerged. Plug, you got to plug your pond in is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, we had to run electricity from the basement out to where the pond was. Water plus electricity doesn't there's, doesn't the, there's been a, There's been a few times when I've been reaching my hands in to adjust the pump, and I've been mm-hmm. thinking, like, I will die here. This, <laughs> yes. is, this is how I go out. If you go out by a pond, I will be extremely <laughs> yeah. disappointed in you, and I will, in fact, make up another story and say the pond is cover. Chicago <laughs> Tribune columnist Rex Hupke was found <laughs> electrocuted next to his backyard pond. Oh, and the stories I will make up be like, well, his family was saying pond because they really didn't want to shame his memory, but I know I really want yes, exactly. Let me tell you what happened. That rock and roll journalist lifestyle finally got yep. to him. I'll be like, have you ever seen The Hangover? He worse went, than that. He wound Way up face worse. down in a pond. <laughs> See, that's what I'm going to do. A little goldfish swimming around his head. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Well, did you put fish in yours? I did not. No, I don't. I, I, for two reasons. One, I, I just didn't want to deal with the additional care that would require, yeah. and two, the dog, because oh, yeah. the dog would just yeah, be yeah. like, oh, cool. Yeah. And yeah. We'd be replacing the fish every like Aww. couple yeah. days, probably. We, uh, I, I actually would bring the fish in for the winter. See, and I never understood that. Does That's your dog? Wait, does your dog mess with them, Roger? Uh, no, Rufus is not an outside dog. The, okay. the backyard's not big enough for him to. So there is no backyard. I see. So he's always on a leash when we take him out, and that right back in the house. He's a house dog, <laughs> smart yeah. dog. Yeah, but he's um, it yeah, out. it's uh, the, I the, the pond I dug so deep that I could put the fish in, and you're right, it does take extra care outside of just the fountain. What yeah. do you feed them? Well, we fed fed them regular fish food, but then you had to you had the additional refuse. To worry about within so with the pump, <laughs> and uh, then there was uh, the pond got infected one time, so we had to get special salts to put in the pond to equal the pH or whatever the chemical balance was, and they came back. Uh, but I did it for like three years out uh, during the season, and then in for the winter. And I actually had the pond and waterfall going during the winter, and the ice formations were just beautiful because I also had lights within the pond. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. You guys are really fancy with your ponds. I have um, a potted plant. So. <laughs> there you go. Have in you your con- face. Have you considered a, water, a small water element in the pond? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, my kitchen windowsill is only so large, but if I could figure out a reason to do that, I'm sure I would be into that. My balcony and... No, they make these little waterfalls the, the, that you can plug in, and it doesn't take a lot of water in them, and you could make like a, a nice little arrangement around your potted plant. Sure. And the water trickling down would be soothing and relaxing. You maybe can do a zen garden around it. Oh, All right. I'm on board with this idea. I saw a sign at a at a garden center one time on one of those little indoor, outdoor kind of tiny waterfall mm-hmm. things, water elements, they say. And the sign said um, something like, hearing water indoors is as soothing as 25 milligrams of Thorazine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sold. <laughs> I'll take ten. <laughs> Load me up with that. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a speaker on it. That's what we all need right now. All right. We are going to take a little break and continue talking about ponds all night long. No, I'm just kidding. We're not saying that. We're going to be talking about some Fourth of July stuff. Maybe we'll revisit ponds. I don't know. If ponders are out there, you want to talk ponds? WGN has recently clearly... switched to an all-pond format. <laughs> Wall-to-wall pond coverage. The the Badish and Hupke Pond Show. I could see that being there a thing. There you go.
Lord have mercy. I'll be over we'll, here. We'll be taking your calls about your ponds. It's like, it's like an NPR. Uh, it's like car it's like talk a, for ponds. It's like an NPR bit on Saturday Night Live or something. Hi. Way beyond delicious dish. Like and now our sponsor, Don's Ponds. Please, please call it like, ponder this. <laughs> please call it that. Deal. Oh, Lord have mercy. We're not drunk. We're just a little uh, bit punchy. So we're going to take a little break and uh, come back here in just a bit. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Hey there. It's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke with you till 9 o'clock in for Justin Kaufman. After us, Jen Bosworth is coming up. So you want to stick around for that for sure. Well, thank you very much for sharing part of your evening with us. We appreciate you for listening. So with the holiday upon us, I wonder, um, you know, Roger Badish was just talking about uh, a Chicagoan is challenging the Nathan's hot dog eating record. Um, the... Uh, I don't know that I could competitively eat hot dogs, but no. but there are, I could I think I could hang with like ribs or something. It's the bread. See, the bread will get you. Oh yeah, that, I just can't even imagine that. It's so much. It's just. <laughs> And, and, it's, and it would, it's a lot of them. And yeah. he does it so fast, it's terrifying. It so is. I have I have met Kobayashi, who's like the reigning champ competitive eater. Yeah, he was here one time. He was is here, yeah, yes. And and we um, took him to the roof of the Tribune, mm-hmm. and he had never had an Italian beef sandwich before. Right, yeah, and he ate a, like a boat. A lot of them. <laughs> and watching him work was fascinating. Yeah. Because he, he does not chew. No. He just sort of like unhinges his jaw and gets half the sandwich in there, bites it off, and it's down. And then he had like a, it wasn't a glass of water. It was like a trough. Kind it of. was like a little bucket. Yeah. It was just open, and he grabbed the, the outside of it and just sort of poured the water down and just kept going. But he did it unbelievably fast. Yeah, it was horrifying. He yeah. was able to eat, I think, five or six Italian beef sandwiches in the time it took. I had a, with him, there was a table full of people, each trying to eat one. Sorry. And he was able to eat five or six in the time it took. The, everyone else eat one. Right. Yeah. No, it's freakish. I don't. I don't understand what, how people do that. What What could you eat competitively? Dairy Queen. Oh, I, like, I knew like that. A, like I an, shouldn't have even asked you that. Yeah. Of course, it's a blizzard. Like an entire building. <laughs> <laughs> not Not just the but the building. I could just eat everything <laughs> at the Dairy Queen. I want it to become part of me. The Dairy okay. Queen. So there's a there's a comic book in here somewhere. Yeah, you and the so. Dairy yeah. Queen and the. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. work on that, please. But yeah, yeah, I could I could eat I, a lot of Okay, so for me I think like um I could definitely, definitely eat ribs competitively. I could definitely, definitely Well, I don't know. Ribs don't are know. deceptive though, because you never know how much you're actually eating. I mean it could look like you just ate a ton, but you ate like, you know, not that much meat because right. I see what you're trying to do. See? Yeah. I could get away with it. I could do it. It's the sides that get you. You got a potato salad in there, you're done. Yeah. You're done. But just sit there. Just focus. Focus on the ribs. Yeah, I've never... I'm I'm really stymied, but I'm I'm distracted because we brought up Dairy Queen now. That's all I can think about. But no, the competitive eating thing has always mystified me. I just don't don't understand how people physically do it. I know. You know what? Someone else has that same question. Oh, nice. Hi, Greg. You're on WGN. Hello, how are you? This is my first time calling, long-time listener. Oh, welcome. Thank you. My question is, how do you train for something like that? I mean, you eat 35 hot dogs, 45, 50 in one sitting. Yeah. Is there a training session? Well, today I'll start five, tomorrow I'll eat ten. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but if I eat more than five hot dogs in a night, say like tomorrow's 4th of July, I'll have five, four or five hot dogs, I'll have horrible indigestion later that night. Yeah, I think you got to get on, like, get on your... Uh 
What is the, the acid reflux stuff early? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you got to load up on Pepto. Yeah, right. 20, <laughs> I'll have 20 Nexium, please. And then, yeah, that's uh, a good question, Greg. I, I assume you've got to, like, stretch out your stomach a little bit, but then you also want to have an empty stomach when you do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because they also have to, I would assume they have to stretch out their esophagus, too. I mean, you have to. And I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, the way they swallow. They have big jaws, too, to hold all that food in. Right. See? And, and like I said, I met Kobayashi. He's not a big guy. No, he's tiny. Tiny. Yeah. yeah. Like, I could I could beat him up. He's a yeah. little guy. Right. Well, I think that's you bring up a very interesting point, Greg. I too wonder how in the world you could possibly train for that. But if there are any competitive eaters out there who want to call <laughs> in and, and give us some us. tips, we could. Uh, you know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Indeed, we yeah. do. Good question. Thanks so Greg. much, Greg. Happy Fourth of July to you. Happy Fourth of July to you. Thanks. All right. Well, let's see. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because yeah, if you. If you were to eat a lot to stretch out your stomach, then you're not going to be full, or you're not going to be empty. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a mystery. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, hi, Steve. You're on WGN. What food could you eat competitively? Well, you know, I really never planned on eating it competitively. However, one <laughs> one night I was at uh, the Taylor Street Festival, the Italian Festival on Taylor Streets, and um, they had a meatball eating contest. Oh. And they were just taking anyone who wanted to sign up to do it. So I signed up, and the way I went about it was I ate some meatballs first and then focused on the bread. Oh, okay. I didn't win. I, I ate eight sandwiches in five minutes, and they were the same 12-inch sandwiches. Holy but cow. The, there was a girl who actually won by eating 12 wow. in five minutes. So. That's astonishing. Oh, Holy girl. cow. Yeah. I bet that's how a lot of competitive eating stories start. Of sort of, I, I wasn't planning on <laughs> on becoming a competitive eater, but then. But there I was, right? And so, and and then, um, how how did you? Was it all like Harper and City after that, or were you okay? You know, when you walk around, it kind of you kind of just digest it. All you right. know, it saved me a lot of money that day. You know, because I didn't have to go to other vendors. Right. So, if I happen to be at another fair anytime soon and they're doing it, I probably would do it again. There you go. All right. Yeah. All so. right. Well, good for you, man. Thanks very much for the Thanks. way to, way to, rep- way to represent. Have a great holiday. <laughs> Happy holiday to you. Well, there you go. Okay, meatball's a good one because see, it's it's all about the the low carb that will help you to not because that right like you said once you got to the bread then it was hard. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can see that. It's a very uh, like Atkins friendly. You got to go paleo keto <laughs> for this sport. I think it's a matter of that. I mean, I could probably do chicken wings competitively. See, everything with you is is disguising it. I see what you're doing. It's like the, you know, oh yeah, chicken. You know, you don't know how much meat is on. Nah. Well, <laughs> it's not a per number. It's the pile. Does the pile of chicken bones look impressive at the end? Then Guth won. I don't know, man. Why do I feel like by 9 p.m. we're gonna have chicken? Yeah, wings exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be the nastiest radio ever. Please bring ever. us some ribs. I even like a lot of shows really do a nice job talking with chefs and restaurants and stuff like that. I tend to not have a lot of food people on because I can't imagine it's pleasant for listeners to hear me eating anything. No, it's not pleasant. I've heard I have heard radio shows doing that where they're sampling things and I'm like, stop. Ugh. I mean, most every, the hosts here on this station pull it off fine. I'm I'm too paranoid because you know I'm one of I, there's a name for this I don't remember what it is but I'm one of those people that loses their mind with rage when I hear people chewing. Yeah. And so I don't want to inflict that on anybody else. There's a name for really I've never heard a name. For oh, that. there's definitely a name for that. I'm gonna look it up. We got to take a break. Okay. I'm gonna look up the name for that and we're gonna get you to news all the good stuff. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman back in just a bit on 7:20 WGN. Teddy Roosevelt's coming. A statesman you could rely on. 
This is Sean Williams. Join me with TR August 12th at the MAC at the College of DuPage. Our big shtick conversation will be a rousing review of Roosevelt's life and his views on current events, too. People loved me because I said what I meant, and I meant what I said. Tickets to WGNRadio.com slash events. Sponsored by American Sale. WGN, Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman. Just on the other side of that break, I was describing the condition of when you hear someone chewing and it drives you crazy and makes you angry. It is called misophonia. I Googled that very fast. It is rarely diagnosed, but it can, but it is recognized within a, the psych, psychiatric diagnostic tools. Is it that... is because it, it, it drives people to varying degrees of rage. <laughs> for me, it's just like, oh, my God, that's annoying. Please stop chewing so loud. But I think for some people, it's like an embarrassingly um, acute outburst of anger triggered by hearing someone chewing. Is it chewing like smacking your lips or is it just Mm-mm. chewing of any sort? No, it, I think it can vary because sometimes it's like, for me, if I hear someone breathing loudly through their nose while they're chewing, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you not do that? <laughs> Which is in, insanely terrible of me to be like, no, how no. dare you breathe and chew? Are you self-conscious when you are chewing yourself? Yes. Can you hear your own? That's what I am. I, I, I start chewing yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is too loud. Oh, my God. I make such a point to eat quietly. I'm so afraid of being that and setting that off at someone else. <laughs> I'm like really careful about it. Misophonia. Interesting. I never heard that. Kel- I, I Kelly Ripa has it, too. She's talked about it on the air. Really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't she have some other issues? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think yeah. that kind of rage is possibly the least of her worries, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, I can't, yeah, lip smacking, I cannot stand. I actually, in college, one of my, my best friend, actually, we were studying for an exam, and he was across the desk, Mm-mm. it was like a big desk, and he started smacking his nope. gum. I jumped across the <laughs> desk, and I Punched grabbed, him. no, I grabbed his mouth, and I was like, give me that, give me that, and he's like, dude. <laughs> Just tell me to spit it out, bro. There was a lot of stress at the time, too, but anyway. Are we still in touch with that roommate? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Was yeah. say, probably, yeah. That guy probably moved out. No, well, we're good friends. He just doesn't smack his gum in front of me anymore. <laughs> so. teach him. Yes, exactly. My other one is dragging shoes. Like when you're walking? Yeah, particularly in the winter with Ugg boots and snow boots. Hmm. They're like loosely laced when you're like dragging the shoes. Or in, in the summer, it's the flip-flops. Well, then don't come up here. <laughs> it's okay to wear all those things. It's just when the it's the foot it's the shoe dragging that drives me crazy. Well, I don't drag it; just flops no. like crazy. No, I, I hear the flopping's the fine. It's when no. people are dragging the shoes that makes me crazy. I sound like an elephant walking. I have never once ever thought, you know, that Roger Battish. He sounds like what an elephant when he walks. <laughs> seriously. All right, we're gonna get video of this later, and I'm gonna tweet it out. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's go to let's go to news with our good friend Roger Badish. 720 WGN. Hey, it's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke here with you till 9 o'clock. Thanks for being with us tonight. Well, with the holiday long, long weekend upon us, we thought we would um, scrounge up some really um, funky data for you, and we found it. There's a list of some weird stuff that you probably did not know about fireworks. Let's see if you knew these things, Rex. Um, largest consumer of fireworks in the world, Disney. That one actually didn't surprise. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that, but when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes oh, sense. Because they do the fireworks every night and yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. Quite so. extravagantly. Yeah. You know. 
fancifully. And, and Goofy's a known pyromaniac, so. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that guy. Um, I don't really know why this is, but apparently blue is the hardest color to produce in a fireworks display. That's interesting. I don't know what the easiest color is. Yeah. I, Whatever fire color is. Right. R- <laughs> I don't red, even know. What red, orange. What's the official fire color? Yeah. Right. So blue, I, I guess, is the hardest one. Um, all the different kind of fireworks shapes have their own names, which I think every... Family, anyway, probably has informal names. Oh, right, yeah. like You the, know, that one looks like Saturn. Yeah. That one looks like a palm Saturn. tree. Everybody, you know, like, has those things that they say. Um, that one looks like Dad's finger. Oh. <laughs> 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 I, you know, we joke, but, like, every year yeah. there's somebody who does something like that. That On July 5th, you always hear a story of, of one of those things where... If you would have thought it one more step through, you would not have done that thing. Right. Exactly. Remember that guy that blew up a firework off his head a couple years ago? Yeah, sure. And there's it killed that. him instantly. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do, guys, don't yeah. do that. I actually had a, like a dummy when I was a kid. Oh, bad. So I've learned, yes, we had smoke bombs. Sure. And so I went to the park, took the smoke bomb, it was kind of like a stack, and stuck it in tan bark. Remember the tan bark uh, underneath all the play, the... You don't know what it's like little wood chips. Okay. That's what we call tan like bark. Mulch, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah okay. but kind of thick. I've never yeah. heard it called tan bark. Yeah. That's okay. what you, well, it was kind of thicker chunks. Yeah. It wasn't really thin or loose. It was big enough you could throw at people and, <laughs> you know. Uh, so the, I, the great tan bark wars. Yeah. It sounded like oh, a little, man. little, little devil. We had our sides mulch in Oakton school, I tell you. Uh, so you put it in there and, and I lit it and ran away. <laughs> and I waited for the smoke to, to come up, right? And I'm waiting and waiting, and it. I saw the um, uh, the fuse go all the way down. I go, well, this this looks like a dud. Let me go over and yep. look at it. Yep. Bent over, saw the very top opening, and suddenly, bam. Oh boy. And, I'm, just, I'm uh, glad you're with us to tell that story. <laughs> that I, thought, I thought you were going to say the tan bark all caught fire and the entire playground sure. burned to the ground. Well, it didn't, not that I know of, because I was running around screaming <laughs> from the pain, so I didn't know what the heck was happening behind me. Uh, but uh, it actually burned. I, w- I was quick enough to close my eyelid, and it burned thinking, the thinking. inside of the eyelid. Some of the tan bark had, was hot enough where it burned the inside. Wow. And so I had to spend the rest of the summer putting the salve on me. On your eyeballs? On the eyeballs. <laughs> How old were you? I think I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade. Oh, I thought you were going to say like you were six or seven years old. No, that's when I got hit by a car. <laughs> Badish. What in the world? <laughs> How in the world? And it wasn't are you on the Fourth of July, so How it doesn't are you here count. To tell us these. I have no idea. Terrible tales. I you know, do. there's a Fourth of July. Um, curse in my family what there have been four women that have been killed in really strange freak accidents on or around the fourth of july in my family no way <laughs> thank Come god on. i'm sitting next to you right, right. now the good news is <laughs> yeah you... but she's within distance right of you so if lightning strikes you might get some spark yeah, well the good news is if you make it to 35 you're good and i blew past that just fine so i'm well past i'm well into the safety so we're all zone. safe you're playing okay. with house money now yeah, totally <laughs> pretty much like if you can make it to 35 you're good to like 100 that's pretty much how how it goes in my family so so um one uh we have you and i have talked quite a bit about badish uh one was killed by a drunk driver yeah. but but one was thrown off of a horse she was with her fiance 
thrown off of a horse, and he was carrying her because she hurt her foot or ankle or something. He was carrying her across a small creek or river. The fiancé was a horse or no? (laughs) Unclear what the fiancé was. He slipped and dropped her, and she hit her head on a rock and died as a result. And she was like 28. I never knew her. This was in like the 20s. Um, Another one. Right now, I have a relative, I'm sure, listening, going, don't tell all the family dirt. But another one, um, she was, let's say, intimately involved with the relations. Um, She had a boyfriend who ran a mill, and she snuck away to meet him, and she had very long hair. Oh, dear. No. And you know the, the, I don't know what those are called, the... It's like a wheel with the, you the know. The belt on it? No, not a belt, because this was like in around the probably 18. Oh, the, there are two wheels. They have, have notches on it, yeah, kind of? Yeah. Okay. okay, right? Yeah. So, so they're. Gears, kind of? Gear, like, thank yeah. you. That's what I want. Uh, so they're, you know, having some relations on the gears, and oh she had very long hair, and it got caught in the gears. So this poor kid had to go explain to her family on the 4th of July in the middle of the night, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to go become a, enter a, a priesthood or something <laughs> <laughs> and, because it killed her. Oh, my God. So it's all like there's a curse. There's a curse in my family. Oh, all, the, all these goof women hey, have, happy met, 4th of July. have met yes. these strange... So I'm saying, Badish, I think for a while as a child, perhaps you had that because of the getting hit by a car, I'm, blowing I'm, things well, up. Well, the, the car thing is actually a Badish, male Badish family thing. You all get hit by a car as yeah. boys? Yeah, yeah, my brother, my son, myself, and oh. my dad. Tradition handed down from yeah. generation to generation. The gift that just keeps on giving. What's what's going on in the Hupke family? Anything good? No, I don't think we I... we got I, the yeah. Guth and Badish Magist- houses are cursed. <laughs> I'm clumsy and I fall over a lot, but that's about it. The Hupke people dig ponds. Yes. We are a ponding family. <laughs> that goes back many times. Ridiculous. Well, I'm glad you're not cursed. Badish and I are here right with you, though. Yeah, I so, know. That's why yeah. I feel I am, any, I am cursed by sort If you of, need you know, an intervention, we got the right people here. Yes. Maybe <laughs> the Hupke luck will spill over to the good and so. Badish luck curse. Because there's that. Anyway, let's get back to fireworks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so let's see. The first ever fireworks in the U.S., they were set off by John Smith of, uh, you know, Pocahontas and John Smith fame. Right. Wow. They were invented before weapons. And actually led to the invention of gunpowder and explosives. So thanks for that, fireworks. But this is perhaps my favorite fact that we have unearthed about fireworks. And that is, you can thank an organization called the Society for the Suppression of Unnecessary Noise for all of our fireworks laws and regulations. I feel like I should join that immediately, especially with the chewing thing I was just right. talking about. Right, yeah, there you go. Yeah. They're the, the buzzkills. Uh, right. They're the a, ones that screwed everything up for us. Uh, a woman in particular named uh, Julia Barnett Rice founded this society in the early 1900s in New York to fight noise pollution from anything uh, steamships to fireworks. They banned fireworks near hospitals and schools. And overall, they limit the use of, um, of fireworks on the 4th of July in certain places. 
So we have her to thank for people. Uh, apparently that ordinance did not reach my neighborhood because people have been blowing crap up in the alleys for four days. Oh, my. You tell me about it, man. Our dog is just in sort of a state of constant I terror. I feel so, so bad for dogs right oh, now. Oh, they hate it. They're like, what, are you, what is this? What did I do? Why? Why is the world ending? And their hearing is so finely tuned, they probably hear everything everywhere. Yeah. I mean, far way further away than we can hear. It just probably sounds like a war happening outside that they, and dogs want to protect us. Right. Yeah, we, got, we got ours a thunder shirt. Oh, does that work? It does for her. It, I've heard mixed. Some people say it doesn't, but it seems to calm her down somewhat. Anyway, yeah, so ours didn't work. No, yeah, with really? Rufus, no. Oh, okay, so, yeah, thund- for those who are not familiar with the, thund- and I'm not trying to. It's like product, swaddling. But, yeah, it's for a, dogs. Right, it's a thing with Velcro, and it wraps around the dog. It looks. At least in the case of our 95-pound dog, it looks absolutely ridiculous. Poor dog. It's, it makes the dog resemble like a bratwurst, but <laughs> <laughs> with a, a confused-looking face. But, um, but yeah, it wraps but tightly. But it's supposed to like comfort yeah, them. Right. It's, it squeaks like a big hug, basically. Okay. And then she goes down in the basement and she lies next to a Aww. giant teddy bear with her thunder shirt on and <laughs> trembles, you know. For, so yeah, it's it's quite. Uh, Quite a, quite a difficult weekend. Oh. Any dog owner, I think, practically will will say that this is a very hard time yeah. for their dogs. But what are you going to do? That's the saddest thing that she goes and hides in the basement. Yeah. You should have brought your dog. It's a, it's I'm hug your dog. Basement's nice. So, yeah, sorry. Well, it doesn't like <laughs> you say basement. It sounds like you know. Well, no, it's gloomy. The, there's part of it that's you know sort of quasi finished. So it's oh, like, you know. Good enough. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be crying over <laughs> Hucky's dog and that horrible <laughs> image of the poor dog hiding in the basement in a thunder shirt, looking like a bratwurst. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will continue this discussion all about Fourth of July stuff, fireworks, what have you, all that good stuff here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Hey, it's Amy Guth and Rex Hucky in for Justin Kaufman with you till nine o'clock. We've been talking about some fun fireworks stuff and some not-so-fun fireworks stuff. And Depending on your perspective. Because <laughs> I was just talking about my family curse, so maybe that's not so fun. But nonetheless. Depends on how you feel about fingers. And how you feel about, well, me. <laughs> and, and how you, depends on how you feel about Goose's family. <laughs> right. If you're pro or against. I don't know. Right. You know, plenty of people probably on the against side. Uh, but nonetheless, we've been talking about uh, fireworks stuff. This one is super interesting. The largest fireworks display ever had... 810,904 fireworks involved. Wow. Where was that? It was in the Philippines, welcoming in 2016. My gosh. 2016? Really? Yes. Like, why, I don't know why. Was that a big... <laughs> I yeah, no I can see if it was like 2000. Right. You know, like, the 20, like in was case 20, Y2K 20, was a thing, yeah, blow a bunch of stuff up. Well, they, they had, had a lot 20. of money saved up. They figured they might as well just blow it all up. Sure. On the party. <laughs> I would love to know the price tag on that. And look how 2016 turned out. Thanks a lot, Philippines. <laughs> right. You take your yeah. stupid fireworks. And <laughs> That's right. We'll take it up with we'll take it up with the Philippines, I guess, yes. because that did set off, um, you know, Just chaos. Because when did Bowie die? Shortly after, right yeah, after that. I forget that. It was yeah, January. Yeah. And, and nothing's been right since, I tell you. No. Nothing. I, I'm not finished grieving David Bowie personally. No. I saw some art up the other day um, that just says something like, I still miss David Bowie. It was, on, it was like on the side of a building. Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. It's like, I'm with you. I was listening to Ziggy Stardust on the way in. That's a good one. Yeah. Dang it. R.I.P. David Bowie. I blame, now I can blame the Philippines. <laughs> I have a place to vent my anger. The fabric of the universe was not held together by David Bowie. Yes. It was perhaps the Philippines' rich uh, warehousing of stockpiling of they fireworks. Got, they got too greedy. <laughs> I guess. And the universe struck back. Now, here's a weird one. This is on, um, this is a weird one, but it, women are more likely than men to get injured at public fireworks displays. 
but I have no further data than that. Wow. No other con- than no context. No context at all. Huh. Why would that be? I, I don't know. Because it's usually men you hear about going, hey, guys, watch this. Yeah, and I, as a man, I, I feel completely comfortable saying that it generally is men who are doing the really dumb things. Terrible ideas. But you said as fireworks display. Right, so that All means... Right, so maybe sitting out, like on a lawn, watching a community set off fireworks... Are you saying that the fireworks are, are complicit in the patriarchy? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Perhaps they are. I mean, maybe. I don't know. What, what would that be? Do we not look up enough to see fly, embers flying at us? I don't know what that. I have Maybe no idea. Maybe all the guys idea. when I got up to go get something to eat, and the women were all still just sitting around waiting. That I is have a bizarre. No idea. When they set them off, who knows? Maybe do. it's a conspiracy. This is what I'm saying. The yes. fireworks are out to get the women. <laughs> I wow. don't know. Yikes! Heavy. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do more research on this. I will report back tomorrow because I will be back here seven tonight tomorrow evening, and I will report back as to why in the heck fireworks and public right. displays are are hurting more women than men. Yeah. The silent killer of women. Yes. It's the not uh, so silent. Yeah, not not very silent at all. In fact, quite noisy. It's the toxic masculinity of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> There's something That's, inside those things. Yes. <laughs> I mean, whatever at this point, I, I'm sure I'd entertain any theory. Um, let's see, other ones. Uh, this is on this list, but it's kind of one of those, really, no kidding. Um, sparklers are way hotter than you probably think they are. I can't believe that's even on this list. Like, Weren't you ever told when you, when you were a kid, fire. don't touch it? Yeah. It's fire. Don't it's touch it. It's hotter than hot. Because it's fire. Right. My sister got one in her mouth once. A sparkler? Oh, yes. What? Like it had just it had just gone out, but it was still really hot. Oh, wow. And she hates them now. I don't blame her. Well, Wait, there's why, some. Why did she put it in her mouth? Yeah, I'm, I I don't want to. Yeah. It was like it was a bunch of kids had sparklers at a party, and I think she turned the wrong way, and one of the boys oh, had one. It was accidental. Oh. See, See again, there, man. a woman getting. Yeah, right. It was her. <laughs> we have. We, we are launching a conspiracy theory right here about sparklers and yeah. fireworks. The war on women. Yes. <laughs> the 4th of July war on women, I guess. I don't know. The hidden sexism of fireworks. Maybe. Um, speaking of women, though. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, I was going to. That's a great segue. I like that. Um, this is a great story. Tell this me. This is a story. Uh, it's on the Chicago Tribune's website. I believe it's a Washington Post story. About, and I never heard of this, a woman named Mary Catherine Goddard, whose name appears on almost every uh, printed copy of the uh, Constitution. I'm sorry, the Declaration, I just totally blew that, uh, the Declaration of Independence. So the Declaration of Independence was put together by a bunch of guys and signed by a bunch of dudes. By a bunch of dudes. At the time, of course, there was nobody. You know, the, nobody were, like took a picture and Instagrammed it. <laughs> exactly, there were reports that this had happened. Not everybody believed it. Blah 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 blah. So, this woman. Isn't that Mar- funny to think of even then, like fake news? Right, exactly. But no, it, legitimately, people. There, I guess there was a rough printout made of an early copy of the Declaration of Independence, but people didn't believe it because it didn't have all the founding fathers' signatures and all this stuff. Okay. So. Mary Catherine Goddard was a journalist and a, and a newspaper publisher. She was one of America's first female publishers. And she printed the first of official copies of the Declaration of Independence that then went out uh, all over the country and, and wound up going out to other places in the world. And at the bottom, 
of that because it was done on her printing presses. Uh, it has her name. So there is a, there's a woman's name attached to the Declaration of Independence that nobody really ever knew about. And, and so the story is fascinating because it kind of traces the history of her. And w- one of the things that I loved, and I know you caught this too, is <laughs> that she, I'll just read this one part. Uh, Goddard was fearless her entire career as one of America's first female publishers, printing scoops from Revolutionary War battles from Concord to Bunker Hill and continuing to publish after her offices were twice raided and her life was repeatedly threatened by haters. Hmm. I'm drawing parallels to modern world stuff. It said, yep, she faced down the Twitter trolls of 1776. So uh, isn't that fascinating, though, like the same kind of idea? And you were right, you know, sort of the fake news. Nobody believed Mm -hmm. the Declaration of Independence until they actually saw it. So... Bottom line, very interesting, I think, is that there is this woman who I had never heard about who was obviously an incredible person in her own right and was doing amazing things, especially for a woman at that time in history. Uh, Because not only did she print this, but she had been writing editorials that were really sparking a lot of controversy and people Mm -hmm. were piling on her about them. And, in fact, they, they... are kind of considered as having set the tone for a couple of pivotal moments in uh, in the revolution, which is fascinating that we don't know more about this woman. Exactly. Not I'm surprised. Yeah, exactly. Um, she was later killed by fireworks. Oh, <laughs> I just made that up. Sorry. Right. She was she was related to me, therefore she was yes. in some bizarre. <laughs> Mary curse. Catherine Goddard Guth. <laughs> sure. We don't have a lot of Mary Catherines here yes. in the Guth family. <laughs> I gotta say. But I thought that was a great story. Though. I, mean, I love it. it, it yeah. yeah. The, the whole thing is at uh, ChicagoTribune.com, and you can read about it. But it, to me, the the parallels of the parallels you could draw to the way information is is moved around now are so. Interesting because that tells me the behavior has always been there in us. We are just doing it faster and more visibly. Yes. Yeah. That she's getting, she's writing editorials and getting attacked for them. Right. That she, uh, there was a lot of misinformation until one person printed a copy or shared proof. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, people say, does this exist? Does this exist? Until someone tweets it. Right. And tweets the video or a photo of the thing that we're all looking for. And then it goes viral, which hers did, her printed copies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's unfortunate that her name is on all these printed copies, but she's been but kind of a footnote at best. I mean, I think the fact that we're, we're... in the Washington Post and Chicago Tribune and these, you know, major publications just now writing about her in 2017. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Maybe we could have given her props a little earlier, yeah. but nonetheless. But even then, of like how she did this and she was facing down Twitter trolls, to me, her office is being raided as like being doxxed now when your sure. information is put out on the Internet. It's so fascinating because that, that tells me there's this... Um, the way we feel about public information and thought leadership has perhaps been around a very long time. Yeah, it's just it, it's so much easier now for people to, if you want to, you know, go after a journalist or go after CNN or, or whatever, it's so much easier for people to do it and to pile on. Back then, you had to actually, you know, go raid an office or you know do something like that. So it's yeah, it's the desire the 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 hatred, not really necessarily of the press, I don't think, but of other people's opinions, really. Yeah. That's always been there. Yeah, and, journalism aside, I think just the attacking other people's opinions mm-hmm. has, in fact, been around quite quite a while. Yes. But it's a really interesting story. So I'll, I'll tweet this out a little bit later if you want to follow one of us on Twitter. We're Amy Guth, Rex Hupke on Twitter. Not that anyone ever spells our names right. No. According to all the piles and piles of fan mail that we get here. Rox Horpke. <laughs> Rox Horpke. I get a lot addressed to Amy Goose, like the bird. <laughs> 
I mean, it's been like I've received some very nice cards and notes from listeners, which I appreciate very much. But, you know, goose like Ruth. Dear Miss Goose. I get occupant. Occupant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Resident. I get plenty of those, too. A person old. living at. Old what's-her-name. I get that sometimes, too. <laughs> Resident. Our, our friendly neighbor. Our trusted neighborhood purchaser or whatever. Yeah, all those good ones. I've been called a marketer of evil recently. That was... Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Marketer of evil. Yes. Do you get a cape with that? No, but I'm adding it to my LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You know what would be interesting, Rex Huppie? You get so much... Um, I feel like with so many of your your um, hate mail pieces that you get for your columns, you get named things. That would be an interesting document to produce. Oh, yeah. Of all the things you have been specifically called. Yes. My various titles, as, yeah. as told by my many... As uh, told by your readership. My, my many reader fan mails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot, and a lot of which I cannot say on the air. I would say most most of of which which you cannot say on the air. I would say 90% of which you cannot say on the air. But that would be an interesting document. Just as a case study of like, hey, here's all the things I have been called in the last, I don't know, two years, three years. I I could write it out like a resume kind of. I think you could just make make a Google Doc, put it all in there, and tweet the link to the PDF and be like, here you go. That would be a long document. That would be a long document. Unfortunately. And ever changing. But then you could do a nice one. And it'd be like three things, <laughs> right? Yes. That's, that's true, though. I mean, you know, it's it's much easier or more common anyway for people to speak up when they're mad. Yeah, that's people why. Like, yeah, when people like things, they don't. They tend to not necessarily. They just, although they do, and I really. Uh, sometimes they do. Yeah, yeah, and I, the the thing I feel worst about in my job is that I don't have time to respond to people who write. Yeah. Because people, and you've seen this too yourself, I know. But the, like people, there are very kind people out there who write. And that means a lot. It really does. Yeah. And I read everything. I just don't have the, there are not enough hours in the day for me I to possibly. I try to, respond. but yeah. I, yeah, it's just really hard. And I always feel bad about that. And I always try to acknowledge that when I write some kind of a reader mail yeah. column or something like that. But, but yeah, it, I feel terrible. Occasionally then I'll get something about someone who's saying that they've written like five times and have, I've never responded. And then I feel really bad. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. There's one person in particular listening that's like, finally you acknowledge it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but the best way to get us is a tweet. Yeah. Because people will send us a tweet that's like our 15 listeners to our podcast. Mm-hmm. They'll I keep up in that number. Nice. I'm just going to uh, say yeah, it's I was like gonna 15. Say 15 my. Okay, it's really like 11. Feeling confident, aren't we? Okay, nine. Nine. <laughs> it's nine. But, you know, that's usually the, the easiest way to get us. It's amazing. And I like those tweets. Those are good. Yes, I agree. Except the ones that call us. Very stupid. Bad anyway, names. we are going to take a little break, get you to news, all that good stuff. Back in just a bit, Amy Guth and Rex Hupke on 720 WGN. Today, overseas markets generally higher. We tell the stories of the Chicago conversation. You update it throughout the morning and throughout the day as well. We'll check your money, sports, traffic, and weather. Never, ever miss a story on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. If this is Chicago's very own 720 WGN Chicago and WGNRadio.com, if you 720 WGN, hey there, it's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in with you for about another hour, and then we're turning things over to Jen, Jen Bosworth. She'll be in here in just a bit. So, you know, can we talk, like, all the feels for a minute, Rex? There is a story that is breaking my heart, and it is about the teddy bear that is not with its people. Have you seen this? Do you know this story? I, I, yes, I have seen that. Okay, so right. here's the thing. A man found a teddy bear at O'Hare last weekend, and he's trying to return it to its person, and he's put it on Facebook, and there is no one has claimed it yet. 
And there's this poor little picture of this bear. And here, here was his caption on Facebook. So yesterday, um, uh, let's see, I, I found this little guy being kicked around on the floor at the Chicago O'Hare Airport around noon on Sunday. Um, everyone share this so we can get him home. Until then, his name is going to be a Theodore, and we're going to take care of him. He'll be my travel buddy. I'll make sure he has a good time. Hashtag lost teddy bear. Hashtag find my human. I'm not made of stone, people. <laughs> I can't stand that. That's so sad to me. That's so velveteen rabbit sad. Yeah, well, and uh, I mean... The bond between a child and a stuffed animal of any sort can be, uh, oh, so serious. And <laughs> when, when one goes missing, oh, my Major goodness. Major family upheaval. Oh, my goodness. We lost, I remember at one point, uh, Hayden Bunny. Oh, Hayden Bunny. <laughs> Hayden Bunny. And we okay. know to this day, no idea where it went. But that, that there was a lot of pain involved in that. Sure. You know? Hayden Bunny was mine. Not my child's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no judgment. Whatever. <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago. Yes. I'm surprised anybody, you're ready to talk about if it. anybody has seen Hayden Bunny, please <laughs> deliver it to the Chicago Tribune as soon as possible. I oh, haven't dear. slept in two weeks. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but oh. seriously. Uh, no, it is. It's really, and it's awesome. And I remember that when I was a kid. I mean, oh, my God. my You know, I stuffed animals. I love those. And, you know, well, there's always one in particular. You have sort yeah. of a hierarchy. You know, oh, there's some, some that yeah. are better than others. Yeah. One that is, you know, stands above all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, when you hear about a, a uh, I mean, out there, there is somewhere out there is a, they have not connected these two. I don't know how, because this post has gone viral. Right. There's two things happening right now. One is a child is anguished over the, and not to mention the child's family are, are probably yes. ang- equally anguished, uh, over the loss. And then there's this cool viral thing happening. And you just, you hope if there's any goodness left in this world that those two will somehow connect and, yes. and uh, there will be a reunion. Well, my hope is that after the holiday passes, mm-hmm. you know, because presumably this family was going somewhere, so they're probably like at grandma's house or on the beach or something, not really looking at a lot of online stuff. Yeah, yeah, so sure. give it July 5th or 6th, Theodore or whatever the bear's name is for real will, I'm hoping, be united with his people. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Unless he's been deported. <laughs> well, okay, now there's that. Like, what if the, O'Hare is a giant airport, lots of international travel. Like, we don't know where these bears are coming from. <laughs> I think we just need to shut this whole thing down. Bear TSA. <laughs> just a bear, and it's going around O'Hare. We don't know anything about it. It hasn't been vetted. I'm just concerned. That's all I'm saying. It's been vetted. The bear does not appear to have any sort of identification. We don't know what's going on with the bear. Exactly. Exactly. We cannot be too careful these days, folks. Camille is in there shaking her head like, how did I get paired up with these it's idiots? Cracking me up. I'm just imagining a bear, like a teddy bear walking through TSA. Yes. Getting a pat down. Do you have anything to declare? No, you have something to declare. Exactly. It's like surly bear. Oh. Mr. Bear, we're going to need to see your Twitter feed, please. <laughs> we're going to need passwords, your social media, please. <laughs> I lo- I had a bear that I lost when I was a kid, and it was very sad, but I was reunited with him. Oh, good. Pinky the bear. Pinky. Yeah, because right. he was, you know, pink. All right. Little pink That's bear. Cool. Pinky was returned to me. Thank goodness. And Look. I felt like it was a big, epic adventure. In fact, it was like, you know, we went somewhere for a weekend and stayed at, like, our friend's house. Uh-huh. But I felt like it was the other side of the universe. Sure. And I was yeah. heartbroken over Pinky. Do you still have Pinky? It's probably my parents' attic or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's funny. You kind of how you, you kind of lose track after that, you know, the fundamental importance. It's kind of like uh, Puff the Magic Dragon, you know. 
Um, now, now I'm going to get everybody crying. Puff the Magic Dragon is like the child's imaginary sure. dragon friend, but sure. then over time the child oh, no this longer is some needs. Christopher Robin stuff yeah, right now. You know, Puff. Uh, you know, what was it? It was. Uh, but then they go to college name. and they sing it again because they're yeah, stoned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Granted, it was probably about a bong, but very touching until you. I was you like, become... "Where's the? What are you saying with pot right now?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> also that. <laughs> It is the touching story of a child growing up and losing the attachment that he once had to his imaginary dragon, so the imaginary dragon goes off on his own. Did you have imaginary friends when you were a kid? No, I never had imaginary friends. I did have a... I was an only child. I am a, still an only child. Uh, so I had a lot... Of, I have a very, had a very vivid vivid blah, imagination. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I didn't, I didn't have an imaginary friend, no. I had dozens of imaginary friends. <laughs> One, heck no. One, the key word here. I have four of them with me right now, Amy. You didn't notice? Of course you do. (laughs) I had an imaginary friend. Did you? Um, I used to, and this is funny to think of this now, knowing me and how I'm all about, like, class struggle and all that, but I had an imaginary friend who was a... King Mock Mock is who he was. King Mock Mock. And I would line up my stuffed animals in the hallway mm-hmm. and whatever Legos and crap I had. Because Legos, whatever, a Lego can have a life. Very like Tom Robbins stuff there. Sure. Um, and I would line them up in a little procession. And then King Mock Mock was like, I believed he would kind of catapult to the front of that line. Mm. I don't know. Wow. I was a weird little kid. Not that I'm not a weird adult. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> so, uh, thank God that changed. King Mock Mock, that was my guy. And what did you, like, I mean, was that all he did? He just jumped to the front of professional? Yeah, he was just, like, a king and my buddy. and. Okay, so you actually communicated. I guess. I don't really remember. And then I thought there was a guy named Sonny that lived in the dryer. (laughs) Maybe these were just, maybe I was just, you know, paint fumes or something. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Those are those are my imaginary friends. But then we lived in this really spooky old house too, uh-huh. and so I don't remember this. But my mom said because I they had like a little play area. The Guth family history is haunting, by the way. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> it's like Stephen like King kind novels. Kind of Adams family-ish, right? Um, so there was a little area of the basement where I used to play all the time. And apparently, I came upstairs one day uh-huh. and looked at my mom, and I was like, "There's a lady in Victorian clothes, and I can see through her." And she was like, <laughs> oh. "We're moving." <laughs> yes. Okay. Somebody's in the dryer. We got this King Mock Mock walking around, and now there's a ghost. Oh my God! But I, I was, I, I didn't really know. I don't think I knew what, like, how to say ghost or what the. I don't uh-huh. have any memory of this. But my mom said that I would always be like, oh, that that lady in the. Well, I knew the word Victorian, but I didn't know the word ghost. Uh-huh. But I'd be like, oh, that lady in those clothes, or you know, she's down in the basement again, and I can still see through her, and that would be terrifying. Because spooky stuff is one thing, but spooky stuff coming out of a kid's mouth, much spookier. Oh yeah, that that ups the spooky like. Massive. I mean, just yeah. no comparison. My friend told me um, just a couple of weeks ago that she woke up the other morning and her little daughter is uh, five and she has this doll and the head had been popping off. And mm-hmm. so she kept trying to pop this head back on and she said the doll's name is Baby. And she woke up at very early in the morning and the girl was just standing in front of her with the head <laughs> and the doll's body in the other hand and she goes, Baby's head fell off. <laughs> And that was the first thing out of her mouth, and she was like, oh, God. Baby's not happy. <laughs> Baby is mad. And she was just like, oh, God, i got to leave. It's so terrifying here. Good times. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, putting it all together like that, maybe the goose, 
the Guth story is a little bit spooky one. Yeah, yeah that's fine. We're fine with that. We're owning that. There All you right. go. We're taking a little break here. Amy Guth and Rex Hufke <laughs> in for Justin Coffin back in just a bit on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Hey, it's Amy Guth and Rex Hufke hanging out. Hey, thanks for uh, all the texts and all that. We're um, just a little reminder, though, that um, esteemed producer Camille and I can see your whole phone number when you text. So you want to be sweet when you do that because we see it and it's archived at the station forever. So there's that. Anyway, sounds like some of the texters want to go kind of political, Rex Hupke. Right, right. You know, when you make politics out of um, talking about a bear and a little child missing its um, little stuffed animal. Sounds like someone wants to talk politics, so let's do. Um, shall we start with, um, well, first let's say, if you would like to talk politics, you can find Guth and Hupke on politics at WGNRadio.com or on iTunes. It is a podcast we do every week, except for when Rex takes vacation and I don't get my <laughs> weekly political therapy, talk therapy time, and it gets very sad for me. But it, otherwise, it is, it is America's most beloved political podcast. By like nine people. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's amazing that it was able to get that sort of... Those nine. Renowned <laughs> via only nine to 15. We should have just called it like America's best political talk show. Yeah, why not? Exactly. Branding. It's all yeah. about branding. Yeah. Anyway, that right. we weren't thinking. It's outstanding, though. You really should listen. Go well, ahead, I mean, right there's now. a little bit of swearing because we, we don't broadcast it over the airways. We go right to the website. So yes. there's. But you know what? It is a time, it is a time for that in our country right. because... There is, no matter how you voted, as we like to say, I think we can all agree there's a great deal to be frustrated about at this moment. We don't keep our emotions in check. <laughs> we keep our emotions in check. We just don't keep our language in check. Well, that too. Okay. There's no crying. We don't want to see people calling us snowflakes. It, there's, there's moments of levity as well, though, so, you know, that's good. I would say there's a lot of moments of levity. Yes, it's primarily levity. We talk about Dairy Queen Blizzards a lot in that a show. A lot, you know, because I'm, I'm, I am... Any, anybody from Dairy Queen <laughs> Corporation Dairy Queen. <laughs> is listening. I am. I am trying. Available for sponsorships and doing endorsements. everything humanly possible to become a brand ambassador or and or get you to sponsor our podcast. I will. I will do whatever is necessary. I would be so excited to one day like see you in an official role with Dairy Queen because I know you would be meaning the crap out of that. I. I would. I w- that is my passion. It wouldn't be like when MC <laughs> Hammer was doing that like debt relief service ad. It wouldn't be like Alex Trebek and the whole life insurance. It, I'd be like, oh, Re- Rex Hupke means that so much, you guys. I would be living my truth. <laughs> <laughs> I am as, not as selling out. Say, I am living, living my, my truth. truth. Gosh darn it. I don't know what the heck brand would be that for me. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, I'm going to go. I've, I've got nothing. I'm going to take a long pause on that and think that one over before I say something. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got nothing. Anyway, so let's talk about Chris Christie. Oh, man. The beach bum? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's a weird one because here, here's the thing. If you were the governor and you had a beach right there in front of the official residence, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be hard not to use that beach. True. But he had just closed them. For a portion of the state. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, it's optics here. Yeah. Because if you, you know, close the beach and then you go out on it, it looks like you did so for your own doing, for mm-hmm. your own beach time. Which I would say he 
pretty much almost all but certainly did. He wasn't taking a meeting we, out we, on the beach. We can't so, prove it, yeah. but, you know, it, it sure looks that way. Yeah. They're all hanging. they got the whole family. They're all hanging out on the beach while a bunch of other people can't use the beach because the state's kind of a mess in the budget and blah, blah, blah. And then crafty photographer from, I believe, the Star-Ledger in Newark uh, got in a helicopter <laughs> found and took pictures. So these pictures, of course, went viral. Yeah. Of Chris Christie sitting back, enjoying a nice beach over the 4th of July weekend. And uh, and I think, honestly, you know, at that juncture, he could have owned it, explained, because you're right. I mean, it's the it, theoretically what he was doing was not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, wrong. Yeah, yeah. There was the governor's residence on the shore. I mean, you know, he, he had every right to go out and sit on the beach. Uh, but like you said, the optics were horrible. And he could, but so if he had owned it at that point and said, you know what, this is why I did, you know, it's our residence, blah, 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 I used it, but in retrospect, that was a really bad idea and I apologize. Uh, Story's done. You know, picture. I realize how it looked. Yeah, you just take this, you you take. We were just outside for a minute. The air's gone. I mean, you just suck all the oxygen out of that story, it's done. But instead, First, they tried to kind of... I, I of course, he the, said something like, I didn't get any sun today. I think the spoke, yeah, like a spokesperson tried to kind of dance around it or act like it didn't happen. Then they had, then the picture came out. They're like, oops. And then, oh, that beach. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you meant a different one. Uh, then Christie himself made some crack like about the, you know, speaking about the other people who aren't able to use beaches, maybe they should become governor. And it's like, well, oh, okay, now you're being a jerk. Now you just okay. lobbed a grenade. Right, right. Crowd. And it's so dumb. And it's so emblematic, I think, of kind of where we are politically right now. Like, we, this sort of, like, unnecessarily brash uh, well, not stuff. Only, yeah, not only that, but we've we've started to regard that as being a sign of strength right. and character. Mm-hmm. That if you're the biggest jerk in the room, yeah. somehow you win. Yeah, and I'm guessing that his already very bad poll numbers in New Jersey are not going to show an uptick over this. So I think that it's it's this this brashness is is perceived as strength, but it's only perceived as strength among a narrow portion of the population. I mean, and, it's, and if you want to transition this over to Donald Trump, it's the same thing. I mean, he is winning over his hardcore base of people, and they love it. But if you look at his poll numbers. It isn't resonating with anybody else, and things continue to tick down. So, uh, I think that's a problem. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about him here in a second. On yeah, the other sorry, side. I didn't mean. No, to no, it's all good. On the other side of news, I mean, yeah. Let, let us continue with the optics for a minute, though, because I feel like I'm just not. I'm not totally. It's frustrating. The optics part of frustrating because it, it not only is it just it looks bad, even though you're like, I get it. I mean. Most people in his shoes probably would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right there. It's your house. Walk out on the beach. It's Most fine. people in his flip-flops. In his flip-flops, if you will. <laughs> um, but it, it, there's something to be said for owning it when you when you step in it. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're the spokesperson of, of someone who has just committed some kind of, like, public kerfuffle thing or caused a public kerfuffle... You, your life is going to be made so much easier if you just own it. Yeah. So much easier. But to deny it, is it like when has denying it ever, 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 ever worked? It, never. Never. It will yeah. always come out. It yeah. will always emerge later, and it will always only infuriate people more. It's the same thing as when a brand really screws up and they delete something off a Facebook page. Like someone has a screen grab. Yeah. It yeah. always goes wor- It always goes badly if, if you try to, to put the lid on something. 
Might as well just say, this is the situation. My bad. Here's what I was thinking. I see your point. Bye. Yeah, and it mystifies me that people don't recognize that. Think about it. Think about a simple scenario like you're you're out to dinner and the server brings you the wrong stuff. Obviously you flip over the table. Right, of course, and screams exactly pound your chest. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, if the server tries to make excuses and blame, you know, other well, people. Well, you were talking quietly. I couldn't hear what you ordered. <laughs> right, right. Then you're mad, and you're getting, right. you're already annoyed, and right. now you're getting madder and madder. It, but if a server comes up, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. I am so sorry. I apologize. I'll fix I'm it. I'm going right to talk now. to the manager, and we're going to get it at right. You know, you don't. It's I mean, deal. some people will still be a jerk about it, but not most are going to just be like, oh, that's okay. We've all, you know, we all make mistakes, whatever, and then we move on. So, I mean, that's a simple example, but I mean, it's so obvious. It's like yeah. just apologize and move on. Well, and I feel like I fixate on this kind of moment that we're in culturally where the loudest and meanest is perceived as the strongest and where it's kind of cool and fashionable to be a big jerk. That's a dumb thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, Hupke. Well played. (laughs) Amy Guthrex, Hupke, in for Justin Kaufman. We'll continue this very civilized dialogue here in just a bit on 720 WGN. A whole other world. The dating conversation. The real estate conversation. The cooking conversation. New music, old friends. Chicago's conversation starts on WGN Radio. And goes everywhere you are with WGN Plus. Start your journey. Search and download the WGN Plus app. 720 WGN, that's good advice. People, you should download the WGN Plus app. And while you're there, you could look up Goof and Hupke on Politics, which is a show that we do. America's most beloved political <laughs> podcast. According to Rex Hupke. <laughs> Sponsored by Dairy Queen. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Please call me. You know what? One day I'm just going to walk in there to do a show with you with a blizzard. <laughs> it's be so happy. And I'll be your best friend oh, today. It's going to be, be awesome. It'll be anyway. Fantastic. Anyway. <laughs> Amy Goods and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman today. 720 WGN. Hey there. It's Amy Goods and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman. With you till 9 o'clock, and then we're turning things over to Jen Bosworth. So you definitely want to stick around for that. Hey, before the news, we're talking a light politics. Light. Very, very just light. Just a Just, just, just dipping the toe in the Bench. water of the swamp. That's all. <laughs> the swamp. <Yes. laughs> That's all we're doing. The, the politics pond, if we may bring it back <laughs> oh, to the Oh, good. Call back to oh, the ponding. Thank you. Badish and Hupke are all about the ponds. I'm not kidding. There's going to be, There's. I'm sure, there's There's enough material between the two of you to have like a... A pond a, cast? A, oh. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Man, get out. Get in your house. Go get in your house. I have been asked to leave now. <laughs> getting kicked off at WGN Radio, particularly while I'm sitting at the board, like that that's kind of a badge of honor. That's like getting kicked out of a really rough bar or something. <laughs> Good times. Anyway, let's continue to dabble in a little bit of light politics. In particular, um, generally when we have like a long weekend, there's, there's like the Friday afternoon news dump mm-hmm. where some little bit of stuff will get kind of stuck in there knowing people leaving early um but when you have like this is an interesting one because because some people did kind of go to work today but a lot of people had the day off yeah and some people are just kind of making it a super long weekend uh because of holiday tomorrow but nonetheless um today president trump was touting quote great jobs numbers since taking office and um there's nothing to back that up yeah he he said and 
At some point, the fake news will be forced to discuss our great jobs, great jobs numbers. Um, but no one can seem to find data that supports what he's saying. Right. I mean, the, the economy is, is good now. But what's interesting about what Trump is saying is that when Obama was president, there were numbers that were better than there presently are. Indeed. And he called those numbers terrible. He, well, yeah, he called them terrible, but he also said that they weren't legitimate. These are these are Department Bureau of Labor Statistics figures. And he said they were rigged, and he said this, that, and the other thing. So now the Bureau of Labor Statistics is wrong. Right. So, But nothing has changed in how these numbers right. are calculated. At all. And he's saying that they have great job numbers. Is and, there a number that he likes that is accurate? Is there... Is and anything, anything that like makes him look good. But is there any number that is accurate that is like a reported, verified number that he acknowledges and... Like has said, I, do, I can't think of an instance in which he has said an, um, a number accurately without some kind of consternation. Yeah, or, no, or so. accurately at all. Not too long ago, he cited a Rasmussen poll that put his um, favorability at fifty percent, which uh, in and of itself was kind of interesting. Saying, "Yeah, I'm at fifty percent." I'm like, "Well, that's not that mm. great." But that Rasmussen poll, first of all, Rasmussen is historically a right-leaning yeah. polling right. outfit, um, in as much as other. Groups are more left-leaning, left, I mean, yeah. and so that's why you look at the aggregate of the polls sure. is what usually gives you the most accurate picture. But um, that poll was clearly an outlier because other polls have him in the you know high 30s, mm-hmm. maybe 40, like 38 right ish, around yeah. there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he, so he touted a number that was accurate according to that one poll, and it, it was of course the only poll. You know, he hasn't tweeted anything about any other poll, <laughs> polls because they don't look good. So. And also, if anyone has ever been a hiring manager ever, you know that it would it, it's it's an act of Congress to get to get a new position created. Sure. Even in a very well established business, just like I need one more person to do this thing that other people are doing. I need one more person added. Mm-hmm. Even that can take months. Yes. So even if even if the day he took office, if everybody jumped into line and started scrambling to create new jobs, I don't know that those numbers would be reflected yet. No, definitely not. At midpoint in the year. Yeah, there's a, there's a natural lag. Also, the numbers get corrected as the months go along because they go back and they revise numbers up or down depending. Right. No, Just like you do with any with anything you're tracking. You have your actual, you have your projected, you have your goal, you have sure. yeah, anything. And no, no economist right now would be able to say definitively that anything that has happened under this administration has had a significant impact on the economy because no. it's been five months. It's it doesn't months. work that way. It no. doesn't work that quickly. It may. I mean, you know, we could be talking about this six months from now and there could jobs could be going through the roofs and then there might be definitive evidence definitive of data. good things. Okay. At which point, yeah, I hope that I mean I hope so. I hope that's what's happening. Uh, but at this point, no. And as this is a LA Times story that's up on the Chicago Tribune's website about this um, thing the, the, my favorite line in here was so if there have been quote great jobs numbers under trump then there were even greater under then they were even greater under president obama and that's got to hurt because um he, he does, <laughs> he not, does like. not care for the obama no. um but yeah it's just i mean this is another i still say like let's go to health care for a minute i still say if if we had not if we all did not call health care plans by anyone's name mm-hmm. and simply said Affordable Care Act, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think 
it would still be contentious, but not nearly as contentious as it is. Yeah, that's true. There, there was, I mean, one of the things, and we've talked about this on the podcast, and I've, I've written about this, I've said this many times, uh, one of the biggest failures of Obamacare was the messaging and, and even the branding of it. I mean, they allowed yeah. the, they allowed the Affordable Care Act to be wrestled away from them, called something else, described as something it wasn't. They, I mean, and, and that was bad because you, you had uh, someone like Obama who was a tremendous communicator and you were getting basically outflanked by Sarah Palin screaming death panels. Right. And, I mean, that was a really, that was, there was no excuse for the way that was handled. And I think you're right. I think if, because there's so much confusion now, there was a poll that found, I think roughly 30% of the Americans think that the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare are two different things. I was just going to say, I remember when it was first rolled out, it was one of the night shows, like Kimmel or, or somebody had people walking around major cities asking people if they preferred the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, and people on on many, from many different political persuasions were answering quite foolishly. Yeah. Some people were going, oh, I voted for Obama, and I'm definitely under Obamacare, not Affordable Care Act. And then there were other people going, oh, you're not going to. I am all about the Affordable Care. You're not going to touch me with that Obamacare. Like people in favor of him and against him were both indicating they did not know that they were the same thing. Yeah, which is lunacy. It is. Yeah, I mean, just to be that, especially on an issue as important as health care, to be that poorly informed. I don't care what political stripe you happen to be. I mean, but that's just absurd and um, embarrassing. I think to tend to, to be that poorly informed about something so very important to everyone. Yeah, there, there was an Australian host. He was like a a late night talk show host that did that. He was walking around Los Angeles, asking. Um, he he had a this hypothesis that Americans were bad at geography, mm-hmm. and he walked around. Now, granted, what he showed was edited video, so he could have only showed mm-hmm, the sure. missteps. We don't know what he cut out. You he can't trust those Australians. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Somewhere there's all of our Australian listeners are super mad now. Aghast. Right. What? Um, but, but what he did show was, was he had a map that was not labeled. Mm-hmm. And he was running around asking people <laughs> to identify things. And then he had a second map that was mislabeled, oh, grossly yeah. mislabeled. So at one point he had um, Australia labeled as Iraq. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hi there, can you point to Iraq on this map? And people were like, there it is. <laughs> Right there, that big island there, nice. down there, underneath the Asia thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was all completely, completely mislabeled. Even some U.S. states were mislabeled. Oh, wow. And people were not necessarily picking up on that. And he had, I think, I want to say he, he misdrew the United States once, or he, he, like, lopped a big part of the Northeast off, and no one caught on. I mean, it was all this stuff that was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Because, you know, Australians are watching that going, idiots. Yeah. Doesn't make us look great. I mean, Crocodile Dundee kind of made them look awesome, so we can't, you know, we can't give it, we can't dish it back here. Yeah, an Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> love it. The Bloomin' Onion, it. yes, exactly. delightful. <laughs> right, so I mean, it's embarrassing, and I, I know that right now um, there is conversation globally about, um, you know, about Trump. But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. No one leader is ever going to represent all Americans and sure. all of American beliefs, and so we just have to. Um, 
be our, you know, do our best and not be complete jerks on the Internet when we're talking to people from other lands. <laughs> or from this land, or for that from matter. This land. That would be a big improvement. Or how frankly. about this? Just don't be a jerk on the Internet. Yes. Let's just start yeah, with, like, right. a baby step. Yeah, maybe maybe would... for, like, 24 hours, no one is a jerk on the Internet. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Huh? That would be a flipping miracle. Yeah. I mm. bet we could not do it. If we, couldn't, it wouldn't if, last one if second. If we declared, like, Internet, what would we call it? Internet Amnesty Day. Like, everybody yeah. has to be... Na- first, c- the first tweet would be, shut up, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> Loser. Absolutely. It would be worse like, than that. Get to your safe space, Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, Snowflake. Right. Like, can't we all just get along? No. It would be somebody misquoting, uh, you know, part of the Constitution <laughs> for why they but should be... right Oh, yeah, well, the 53rd jerk. Amendment says... Uh, I have a right to do that thing. Tweet as meanly as I want. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag whatever. Hashtag meanly. Oh, good times. It's exhausting sometimes. It really is. The internet meanness. Yeah. But well, I like this idea. I, I'm going to push for this. I think we should have like a day of just everyone being nice on the internet. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No way is it going to happen. God bless and you, Goof, but it isn't going to happen. I know. No way. <laughs> Even if I were to tweet that, I would get just... Oh, just be horrible. The... Virtual equivalent of tomatoes thrown at me on stage. There would be there would within hours there would be a BuzzFeed list of top ten best ways the internet mocked Amy Goose for trying to Absolutely that would happen. In fact I'm surprised that has not happened yeah. yet. Just talking about it, there's already been Right. Someone's just started that yes. list and it's gonna be like texted or tweeted any minute at this radio station. Good times on that note. Uh, Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman back in just a bit on seven twenty WGN. Twenty WGN. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for Justin Kaufman. We've been hanging out. Ooh, there's like a breathy thing happening with this song. What's happening? Someone's like, ugh, ing. <laughs> it's freaking me out. I didn't know that was about to happen. I was, was like, me. wait, Sorry. who just sighed? What's I, happening? I try to kind of jazz Is that part up of the, the music song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, for a second I thought it was me, and I was like, oh. I know. I was like, someone just went, down, Lasworth. Oh. Simmer down. <laughs> someone just made like sexy time <laughs> noise uh, in the microphone. What are we doing? WGN. It's almost 9 p.m. <laughs> we go to sexy radio voice now. Yes. <laughs> Good times. Hi, Jen Bosworth. Hi. How are you? I'm really well. How are you guys? Marvelous. We've been talking about all kinds of things. I know. I've been listening. I've been listening, and you know the... Um, Teddy bear story. Oh. I was crying. Oh, I know. It really got me. I know. It's one of these simple, beautiful, sad misconnections, good of humans mm-hmm. stories that make me just cry. I I have to. This bear has to be reunited with its. I child. think it will be. I think so too. <laughs> what if it turns out the kid threw it away? It actually oh, didn't like the bear. There was a breakup, it. really. Or the bear was evil. Yeah, it could be the, like a go. Chucky doll kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh. I think it's probably going to be reunited. It's going to end so up too. sweet. I think so too. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to put take a negative. That's spin, okay. But. It's okay. We made it weird earlier because I was in my like my ghost house when I was. A kid. I was listening to that <laughs> haunted. I love. I'm a big ghost story person, so I appreciated it. Do you know one night I uh, I came in. I had three hours on the air, and I walked in, and my producer and I, my producer at the time, she and I, the week before, had a really weird experience here in the tower late at night, and so I walked in and said that on the air right off the bat, and people called for. All three hours to share ghost stories, yeah. and oh, wow. they, they were some good ones, including one guy that called and told a story. And as soon as he got off the phone, another the producer, you know, here when you call in, I can see on a screen because someone, like a producer, will answer the phone and make sure you're you're not here to you know set me on fire. So right. kind of they'll say like you know this is so and so from wherever and this is their question or whatever. 
so we can kind of see what we're, what we're, what we're, where we're going here. But this one said, just like, pick this one up next. And so I said, hi, what's up? Tell me your ghost story. And the story was, she was like, okay, I also live in that town, and I have had the same thing happen, and I also live near a graveyard. And it was this story about this man oh bought this house, and his dog would stand at the, the um at the door of the master bedroom and look up and down like something was bouncing. And then his nephew or somebody came over and said, there's kids jumping on the bed. I, I would sell that house in three seconds. <laughs> right, I would not sell it. I would just, on the bed. Just, be like, I'm out. You can have the furniture. I'm done. Burn it down, actually. I and, then, and then someone called and she's like, oh, I live on the other side of that. And I, too, my my cats, I think, or whatever her pets were, also look at, like, up and down like they're watching something oh bounce. Oh, my gosh. She, she goes, but we sort of thought it was an invisible tennis ball, not ghost children. <laughs> <laughs> invisible tennis ball. Oddly enough, the invisible tennis ball is less believable. It's actually creepier in a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a ghost tennis ball? Exactly. Objects have objects flying. Poltergeist. That, I mean, or... I believe, I mean, I know I'm kind of a crackpot, but I believe in that stuff. <laughs> I really believe. Listeners like you're you're a crackpot, but I I believe I'm a believer. I d- you know I don't I don't really believe, but put in that situation, like I said, I'm right. I'm you're out. Selling I'm house. done. Yeah. I'm not sitting around. You to don't figure believe, out but you're not messing around. Right, exactly. I kind of respect. I have this sort of. I have a relationship with ghosts. that's kind of like a, you do you. I'm gonna just be over here, and you know we're cool. Yeah, it's a and if I'm in your space, I'm gonna leave. It's yeah. all you can have it. On that note, I just rewatched Beetlejuice the other night. Oh, oh so did show. so did we. My oh my god, and I it's did. happening! It's happening! <laughs> Isn't it such a brilliant film? It's so good. I had not watched it in years. It is so it's so good and so funny. And Gina Davis, who you remind me of a little bit. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, you do. Uh, very intelligent woman and. Uh, Beautiful and a great actress. Anyway, she and Alec Baldwin are amazing in it. So, and you know, it, there's a timestamp on it though, because you're looking at like Alec Baldwin right now playing Trump, and you're like, oh my gosh, he looks like a baby. And he was a baby. Yeah, he and was. they were both, you know, such a good movie. Such Nona a good Ryder. Movie. You've seen it, right? Please oh yeah, no, I okay. love it. Oh yeah. And then I had to I look waiting. up like her this her filmography. Winona Ryder. Because she's so young in that one. But yeah, she did Lucas young. right yeah, before that. She was literally like a kid. I mean, yeah, she was like she 18 was, or 19. Yeah, yeah. and Luke, she was great in Lucas. And then and then she was, um, what, oh, Stranger Things was her big comeback. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, we cannot overlook Heather's. Yes, no, I just mean she, after from, that, come back there was a that, chunk yeah. where she disappeared. But Stranger Things, she phenomenal. Was awesome. Oh, my God, she was so yeah. good in that. That show's amazing. That show's coming, what is it, October? It's coming October? back. Oh. I was Good times. Good times. We met. I was at uh, Comic Con with my son, and we met Eleven, the girl that plays oh, Eleven. Oh, nice! Brilliant. Yeah, it was awesome. Like we heard her speak, and then she did brilliant. like an autograph thing. Yeah, yeah. I binge watched that, and I rarely binge watch anything. But I was like, oh, okay, and I'm a true crime slash sci-fi nut. Yeah. And I was like, I love it. It's Spielberg meets you know, a, um, what is his name? J.J. Abrams meets yeah, yeah. you know, so good. Yeah, because so, it felt like E.T. I, I got a real E.T. vibe. I remember that very well. Like, when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, my God, this reminds me so much of, like, that time period. They just captured that time period so perfectly. That might be the first time that it's got a real E.T. vibe has been said on Yes. 
Yes, I think so. But yeah. I like it. It's true. It's got a big ET meets also a little bit of Wes Craven. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. It had it all. Speaking of Comic-Con, I put a thing on uh, Instagram earlier today. I found this, like, seaweed mask that I forgot I had. And so I, like, put it on. I was like, oh, this is good stuff. And I put it all over my face. So then I, t- I put a picture on Instagram of my face bright green. And I said, um, seaweed goop mask or the beginning of some sweet cosplay. And I start listing out some some characters of who I could be cosplaying if I was Aqua. And I was, and then after I posted, I was like, I probably should have kept my nerd in check a little. Why? No. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It's, Did it, people really respond? No. Most of <laughs> people were just like, oh, look, you're green. There you I are. would have responded as, you know what? This is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I would have. I think it's creative. I mean, I even pulled out like Transonic out. And it's oh, obscure character. Yes. <laughs> and it's healthy. Wow. You were being healthy. Self-care. You know? Yeah. It combines many things. good things. Stay. Yeah. Love yourself. Be, be yes. okay. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> it's about time to turn things over to you. Oh. What do you have coming up tonight? I, we're going to talk. We're scheduled to talk with a wedding cover band called Wedding Band that was actually banned from their hometown. <laughs> so they took their act on the road. Hilarious. And then we're going to talk to the folks from Comedy Sports. Nice. Um, and talk about their anniversary. They've been around 20 years. And I like them because they're an all-ages improv show, yes, which are. I think is important Agreed. Uh, for the kids. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about some, I heard you a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about pets on the 4th of July and what we can do to help them if you don't have one of those vests. Yeah. There's other things we can do and just some things that are going on tomorrow. Just some stuff. You know, my folks used to have a remedy for their pets, Ooh. and that was um, you pour half a Miller Lite in a saucer, <laughs> and that makes the dog I think that's what we not call, worry about the fireworks. We call every man's value <laughs> for a pet. You know and, what I'm saying? And can I point out, you know what pets find very soothing? Ponds. Thank you. <laughs> Did you hear I love the how you brought thing? it all I back together. I couldn't quite catch the pond. So thing. Rex Hupke dug a hole in his backyard and has turned it into a pond. Okay. And so I, we started the show by I said by saying, "How's your pond?" And Badish turns out is a big ponder because I did not believe Rex when he told me that there's like a pond subculture on the there internet. Is. There is. There is yeah. ponders. Yes, I, wa- I wandered knows. into that subculture. It's quite something. And um, I was in a, at a pond today where a woman had built a pond with koi fish yeah. and in Albany Park. She's a ponder. Yeah. See? Beautiful. I, I have a apartment, so that's not going to happen. Once you get the ponding bug, <laughs> boom. Once you pond, you never go back. Yeah. Well, Hupke and Baddish are going to start a little <laughs> NPR kind of show. Great, called Ponders. Actually, we're going to uh, have a pond in each of our places, and then we're going to go underground. Yeah, there you go. And oh we're going to have underground grotto connecting the two. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Stalagmites. I, I know where you both live, and that is going to be a big tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big dreams, man. you got to have Dream big. Dream big. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, good times. All right. Well, we're going to get ourselves out of here and turn things over to you. And uh, we're going to be right back here in just a bit and then get you to news, all that fun stuff, here on 720 WGN. Well, that was the shortest break in the entire world. It was literally a three-second break. So we're going to talk for another minute. Yeah, but you got to hear, hear Bill Curtis. Um, I was just going to – that could be the shortest Bill Curtis break I've ever heard. Definitely. I think that's Bill Curtis, right? I I want Bill Curtis to do my outgoing voice. I, I, was, I, want, I, was I want Bill Curtis just to just narrate my life. 
Yeah. And she walks. He's also, he's a narrator of so many true crime stories. Yeah, oh, yeah And right. so that's how I fell in love with him. And then, obviously, Chicagoan. But um, I want him to narrate my life. Like going and to Walgreens. she's walking to Walgreens. She's walking behind you, basically. Yes. She's yeah, buying the dye-free ibuprofen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sensitive stomach ibuprofen. We're going to, might she fall in that hole? I, she might not. American Justice would be called just Girl Walking Down the Street with Bill Curtis. I share your, your love of true crime. Oh, you do? Yeah. This I did not know. Yeah, I love that stuff. Oh, it's good stuff. I'll put forensic files on yes. and like go to bed like it's a lullaby to me. Me too. <laughs> I just I watch documentaries about yeah. unsolved crimes as I'm napping and like it'll play in the background and my Here's why. like you're you're crazy. Here's why they're good. Okay. Because in every episode of Forensic Files and, and all those, almost always the good guy wins, the bad guy falls, yep. and nerds save the day with it's, their knowledge. It's, it's so true. It's everything I need. The scientists are really the ones that are the heroes in a lot of these. I mean, the cops are too. Yeah. But the, the forensic scientists we'll are be like, yeah. Or the forensic, um, what do they call, um, artists that recreate uh, people's faces way skulls. beyond my pay grade. Yeah. This but stuff yeah. is amazing. Yeah. It really it, is. It, it's it's genius. I like it when the nerds win. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. why I like it. Justice prevails. I could see you playing one of the nerds on like a... Uh, oh, God, please say you want me to be a reenactor. I have been waiting. My no, that, that, no. I want you to actually be a character on like um, Mind Hunter, Criminal Minds. Sure. They always have the nerdy, really cool person. I mean, they haven't called me for that yet. But okay. Maybe I, I can make it happen. I wouldn't I, say no to that. Okay, great. You're open. I would like to, to do a show like that. I would, and I am not an actor at all, but I would do that. I think I would like to be in a period drama just to say, be great. wear some cool stuff and yep. stare off in the distance and say something with an English yes. accent. Yes. And then also something sci-fi so I can be like green or whatever. You could, that could happen. That's Stranger all I, things have happened. Those three things happen. Like my acting resume will be complete. Your li- it would be a big life step. Like that would be yeah. huge. That would be brilliant. Stranger things have happened. As we know. Let's do it. Like Let's tennis balls happen. bouncing on beds. That's yeah. weirder. Who that. knows what can happen over the next two hours here? Imagine. Tennis balls. I just, I just want to be in a Dairy Queen commercial. Come on. Is that so much to ask? Good God. Yeah. <laughs> Would someone please you get did, Rex Huffy a blizzard? Did, uh, yeah. Would you, were you talking about blizzards earlier? You like a yeah. good blizzard? They, like, they come up like in is, every single podcast that we do. Like is not really a good enough word, I don't think. A blizzard, I like the best kind was the, uh, the Oreo mint. That's really good. I agree. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go best kind, but it's really good. Okay, we'll fight later. <laughs> good times. I apologize. All right, we better go to go to news. This is Chicago's very own 720 WGN Chicago and WGNRadio.com.